Hello, welcome to broadcast number 35. Um, I've been doing this for almost one year now and had some downtime in between when I was creating my course. So I'm at broadcast number 35. And today, rightly so, with Christmas and New Year's and all of the festivities coming up, I am going to be talking about specials. I've talked about specials in a couple of other broadcasts. I've also talked about it in my um, Fast Shots, the quick videos that I make that are available on YouTube as well as at the blog, donrich.com. And I've also talked about it in my slideshows, uh, some of the blog presentations that I have, slideshow presentations that I have at the blog. So this time I'm bringing all of that together and talking about specials the entire 30 or 40 minutes. So um, I hope that this is helpful to you going into the holidays. And um, I'm excited to bring you what I've learned because this is clearly and truly all um, trial and error when it comes to navigating special occasions. Uh, just bring your attention to a few things. Uh, as of a couple of days ago, my new video series is available um, called the Calories In, Calories Out Game, and that is a free video series. And you can get it by going to DonnaReach.com, and there will be a place for you to sign up for that. And um, it will come in your email every day for five days, a video and an outline uh, about things that we can do um, that affect weight, inch, calorie, uh, weights, weight, um, inch, and size loss, uh, cravings, and appetite. Uh, things that are affected that can change the whole calories in, calories out landscape and actually make it um, different by some just simple tweaks. As a matter of fact, there are 11 different squares on the game board that you can go one way or the other. And out of those 11, like six of them are just like simple tweaks, simple fixes that we can do to uh, alter our um, calories in, calories out balance, our uh, weight, our size, our cravings, and our appetite. So I hope you'll hop on over to the blog and get that um, uh, right away and get that started over the next few days. Um, so also, of course, I still have the startup chart. So those of you who are new to intermittent fasting can go to DonnaReach.com and get the free startup charts. Um, at the end of December, I will also have another free webinar, uh, an hour-long uh, special presentation answering the 10 top intermittent fasting questions. And then in January, I believe it's January 7th, We'll be starting another month of the course. Uh, the December course just began a few days ago. So thank you for your support, your encouragement, and for watching, listening, and reading as I bring you what I learn about health, weight management, uh, fitness, um, weight loss, and intermittent fasting. So our journey, um, and actually, it's a little promo for the next two uh, episodes, broadcast 36 is going to be the things that I have learned personally in my one year of intermittent fasting. And then the next one after that, 37, is going to be my husband's one year anniversary and uh, just some, some tips that I've learned from observing him. And uh, many of you know that he has lost 85 pounds and has, or 86 pounds and has, um, I don't know, 84, 86, 88, something like that, and has 26 pounds left until his goal weight. And um, I have lost 22, uh, but in the previous couple of years to that, I had already lost 25. Um, so I've lost 22 with intermittent fasting and have 18 left to go. And um, I am really into strength training right now. So my weight loss is very, very slow, but my size loss is not. So that is an exciting um, addition for me because of some of the things that I teach in the calories in, calories out game, the effect that muscle has on metabolism and on fat burning and on um, how our inches and our size those are really uh, important factors. So I've been learning a lot about that, going at it really um, five or six days a week of um, strength training, toning, that type of thing, and um, just keep on going down. I have um, all my size 10s fit, so I've gone from a 
loose 14 or a tight 12 down to a, a comfortable 10. And my next clothes are hanging on my door. If you watched episode, ooh, I don't have the table of contents in front of me. I was going to have it in front of me so I could say this. Um, if you watched the episode about the metrics, um, it's one of the, I want to say it's an early 30, late 28, late 20 um, episode where I teach about metrics. One of the big metrics that I really encourage is a goal pant. And that has changed. Uh, every month I put a new one up. Uh, so that has been superb for uh, monitoring my fat loss when I am not losing pounds as much. And that that can especially happen when you start doing strength training. So um, I just keep on going down, going down, wearing the tight. First of all, I wore the big tens, and I wore the medium tens, and I wore the tight tens. And um, now I actually have an eight up there. So that will be my next goal. I know it's a big eight um, because I can fasten it and breathe, but I can't wear it. So anyway, I teach about that in the metrics um, episode. So join me there. Um, so we have some definite goals that we're working on here as we continue in our intermittent fasting journey. Um, one is consistency in fasting. That is that we average 19 hours every single um, week, that that is our weekly average. And that even through the holidays when we are maneuvering, and I'm going to teach that today, that we are maneuvering and manipulating time so that we you know, can enjoy specials. Um, even during that time that we keep that average intact. I'm going to teach you how to do that today. Um, eating more real foods is a definite goal. We are tanking up every week on our veggies, on our fruits. Um, when we go to the store, uh, some uh, definite protein. Uh, you'll learn about that in the calories in, calories out game also. Um, and just uh, the fact that those real foods have uh, that I've been learning the effect of those on satiation. And um, I have an upcoming fast shot called satiation versus satisfaction that I can't wait to bring you. I really like teaching a lot. So anyway, um, just the, the result of those things on satiation and on filling up the gut with healthier foods and the effect that that has on ghrelin when ghrelin feels like you're full of fibrous foods and also the effect that those real foods have on leptin. So I'm learning all kinds of things. And I'm going to keep bringing it to you and bringing it to you as I learn it. I am a learner and a teacher. And um, all I can do is bring you what I learn. And all I can do is bring you what I know. And I'm excited to do that. Uh, saving treats for the end of the end of our eating window. Um, that is another important concept. I teach about that a lot of places in OMAD divided by three, but really living it out in our lives has become super important um, to us in our healthier journey and in trying to really achieve the balance of, you know, getting all the macronutrients, getting all the micronutrients, getting uh, the protein that we really need for satiation, for metabolism boosting, and for long-term metabolism increase. As we get older, the first thing that goes is our, our muscle uh, tone. And if we don't keep that up, I'm 55, my husband's turning 59 soon. We want to keep these things up because we don't want to have to go down, 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 down in calories so low because we don't have muscle to help us and we don't eat enough protein to boost our metabolism and have that thermogenic effect. So we are really working on saving treats for the end of our window so that we can fill up on those other foods, also building muscle um, the next one is consistency and fitness. And with that, I set my personal goal at working out 40 times from Thanksgiving until New Year's Day. So when I say workout, that is 90% classes. I like to go to classes. I'm a teacher. I'm a learner. I'm a student. And I do really much better in classes, which is a huge part of fitness, right? Finding out what is going to help you the most, what is going to work best for you what you will sustain, what you will maintain, what you will not dread, and what will help you meet your fitness goals. And for me right now, with my goal of being uh, building muscle and losing fat and wearing smaller sizes and losing inches, the, the classes really work well for me because I go to classes like um, Yoga Sculpt, um, uh, Pilates Toning, um, 
Titan and Tone, which is like with uh, resistance bands and uh, hand weights and um, using your body weight as well. Um, so anyway, consistency in fitness is really something that um, I'm working on. My husband has been building a new business. And so he has been really not able to do a lot in exercise. And so uh, we're hoping to change that the second semester. Uh, he's just had so much to do with his new business of um, homeschooling other people's kids um, half days. And so it's just taking all of his time, plus his private students. So hopefully getting him back to fitness and exercise as well. Um, but that has been my personal goal is consistency and fitness. Teaching others this way of life. And of course, I mentioned this all the time, learning and studying every day, at least two hours a day of study um, on these topics, 10, 15 hours a week minimum, uh, to be able to understand all the concepts myself and apply them to my life and also to be able to teach others. So that is our journey. So I want to move into specials. And um, many of you have heard me talk about my homeschooling experiences. Uh, you know, we can't help but talk about what is a huge part of us, right? And um, homeschooling is definitely a huge part of my life. I homeschooled, um, we, my husband and I, we did it together. We homeschooled our children for 32 years and um, from preschool all the way through high school. And most of them stayed home their first two years and did college or at the very, and then, then went someplace else for the rest of their college, depending on um, what they're studying. I've got kids in I've got seven kids in college out of 13 um, of my kids and kids in love right now between the ages of 20 and 35. Uh, it's just crazy. They're all just crazy, crazy learners. <laughs> so they're all in college at different different programs, master's, doctorate, undergraduate, associates, another undergraduate, another master's, whatever it might be. But um, when I homeschooled for 32 years, uh, I had this problem that many homeschoolers find and that we all really find in parenting a lot. And that is the problem of everything, wanting our kids wanting everything to be special. And so what I mean by that is it'd be like, you know, we'd be doing our ordinary things and somebody would pipe up. Can we skip math today? Um, because we have dentist appointments this afternoon and, you know, um, today's Friday. Can we um, only do half of our school? And, you know, finish more on Sunday night, you know, just all kinds of things. Kids can try anything, right? <laughs> and they, and everything was always, it always, they didn't always, but they often tried to make it a special. They wanted something to be a special. So today's special, can we do this? Today's special, can we do that? We have a field trip later, can we do this? Can we skip this chore session today since we're, you know, going on a field trip or grandma's coming this afternoon or whatever it might have been. So, um, and so to them, I would say, honey, <laughs> sweetie pie, baby doll, every day is special, but every day can't be a special day. And so with that, I was trying to teach my children that, yes, every day is special and we love every day. We love learning. We love living. In our case, we love our lives. We love fitness. We love, um, eating better. We love getting healthier. We love losing weight. We love losing inches. And so every day is special, but every day can't be a special day because then of course with children, we tell them then the special days lose their specialness, right? And for us in the fitness and health and weight loss areas, every day can't be special because when every day becomes special, we make special allowances all the time that cause us not to meet our goals. So uh, this is um, a different mindset and one that I hope that you will adopt, one that I have never been able to completely adopt before intermittent fasting. And that is the mindset of not looking for specials, not looking for times where we can go off and on, not looking for a special occasion that would cause us to be able to quote unquote cheat. Um, and then perhaps even, you know, carry that special occasion, like, you know, start a special occasion on Thursday. We always have specials on Saturdays and Sundays. We started on a Thursday. So then we say, well, Saturday and Sunday is coming. So I'm just going to continue the special, you know, Thursday. And then Friday, there's no reason to try 
to do whatever it is that we're trying to avoid with our special. And because I, I don't, I go off on Saturdays and Sundays anyway. So our new mindset, our different mindset with intermittent fasting and with the balancing of our hormones and with the retraining of our brains um, is going to be that we don't want to have specials all the time. And we, and when we do have a special, we want to manage the special. We don't want the special to overcome us like it has in the past. So when I talk about specials for myself, because we're trying to eat more healthfully and, um, you know, uh, looking into going into older age, we can't eat like we used to. Uh, our metabolisms are not what they used to be and so forth. So we are um, talking for myself. I'm talking about specials that alter my fasting schedule. So a special that would cause me to not um, do OMAD, not do one meal a day. I do a snack, open with snack or snacks and then have my meal a couple of hours later and then have my dessert if I want it or have, have room for it. So a special for me is one that I'm not doing OMAD. I'm not doing that average of 19 hours. All right, so that would be a special. Now, I kind of counteract specials like, you know, if I have a 16-8 on a special day for some reason and a 2MAD, which I just had, what did I have that for? Oh yeah, last weekend we had a shower at noon for my daughter in love. And then we had a, um, uh, a Christmas get together decorating party that night. And that, and so I was eating at like one and seven, which is very, and I ate two meals as opposed to just a snack, um, and a meal. So anything that would alter my OMAD, um, is, is something like that. So I did do 16, eight last Saturday, but I prepared for it by doing a 24, a 22, not not torture, just to prepare and get my average because the average, I'm trying to really work on that average. That's one of my goals right now. So even though I'm still having that average of 19.5, I would call last Saturday a special because I did not have OMAD and I had a pretty long eating window and it wasn't typical. So um, that's my first area of special. My second area of special is which I will when I will eat differently than I typically do. So my husband and I have a protocol that we follow at home and what we eat pretty much. And it's not like for me, it's not completely sugar free, but it is like no flour and sugar uh, together, like no cupcakes, no cakes, no pies, nothing like that. Those are saved for special occasions. And so, you know, I might have some peanut M&Ms or chocolate or something like that at the end of my window, but I don't have those type of foods. And it's like starting my window with healthy foods. It's eating fruits and vegetables. That's, that's a typical thing at home. So a special in that regard is like last Saturday, for example, when I did have flour and sugar together at noon, flour and sugar together that evening um, for our parties. So those are the general special concepts that every day is special, but every day can't be a special day. And we know, and I will just say that for me, I knew that I had changed my life when I went from, um, uh, when I went from trying to find and manipulate times off to wanting to guard times off or wanting to tweak my hours so that I was still fasting not wanting to tweak my hours so that I could have less fasting. So that was really significant to me because I'd never been able to do that before. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I, that was significant for me because I was never able to do that before. And I realized that I had a complete mindset shift, which I was very, very happy about. So those are your general special concepts. Now, choosing specials that will alter your fasting hours. So um, the first, these are just some hints and tips that I have found when I am looking at things that are, I'm going to change my hours. Like last Saturday, I knew going into it, I was doing a 16-8. I knew that from the beginning of the week. That's why I did a 24 on Monday because I knew that going into it. Now, I'll talk about punishing yourself and all that in a little bit, but you don't want to do that either. So, all right. So uh, the first tip is to choose things that truly matter to you. So 
don't go off of your fasting schedule. Well, don't go off of it anyway, but don't alter it unless it's truly special. We, you know, like I said, every day can't, ha every day um, is special, but every day can't be a special day. We can't consistent, continuously, consistently ascribe specialness to, you know, to everything. So like, you know, well, people at work are going out for lunch and I want to go with them. That's fine. Go with them. But then close your window at four that day. Don't just, don't just look at it and say, well, I can't do anything about it. We're going to lunch, you know, go to lunch, but then close earlier and then make yourself go to bed earlier. Make yourself read that evening, do something during a time that you would normally eat in the evenings. So, um, Rather than saying, you know, I'm just, I got to go off entirely because I have to open so early. Rather than doing that, ask yourself how I can stay faithful to my plans and my protocol. Um, so don't go off for something that's not truly special. And special things are big events. So when you start doing something, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, I mean, I it wouldn't be uncommon to have something once a week, especially like in my situation uh, with a big family, but I guard that with my average too. see, I'm not looking for a way to go off. I'm looking for a way to, to contain and secure what I want in intermittent fasting. So technically they shouldn't happen weekly, but if they do, you're, you're going to need in order to meet your, meet your goals, you're going to need to move things around. You're going to need to have, you know, like my husband does, he'll just have a vegetarian day or two. You know, he will just, he'll just, you know, to not to punish himself, but just because he knows that, you know, these festivities are coming up in which we're going to be out eating barbecue ribs or something that we don't do at home. And so um, special things are big events. And evaluate upcoming events and rate them according to their specialness. That's super important right now because I looked at the schedule and I, I saw that we had 24 days until I think I, I think it was till January 1st. I just did this yesterday and uh, made some notes for myself, but we had um, 24 days and from yesterday until January 1st. And I looked at the calendar and I figured out that there were 10 potential special times, either times that we're going out to eat going Christmas shopping and going out to dinner or going to a movie um, as a family, going, you know, having Christmas Eve, um, having Christmas Day, um, uh, having New Year's Eve, having a get-together with extended family on the 21st, an extended family on the 22nd. And so, you know, just looking at that, I 10 out of the next 24 days were going to be, quote-unquote, special days special days in which the food would not be what I typically eat at home. And that's way more than I do now. And it's way more than what would cause weight loss um, and inch loss. Now I do have my consistent fitness workout, uh, which helps, but I'm just saying that uh, we have to evaluate and rate them. So like if it's a dinner out for me, then I'm just going to fast longer and, and just, you know, not have dessert. If it is a dessert laden thing, I'm going to not have as much of my entree. So I'm still going to, you know, partake in them, but I'm going to average my 19 hours. I'm going to make trade-offs in the menu and I'm only going to eat the things that I absolutely love, which as you go into intermittent fasting longer and longer, you're going to be pickier and pickier and you're going to become like a food snob you know that's what they say that you become a food snob which is definitely true my thing isn't as much a food snob as much as i only have this amount of time to eat i only have this amount of stomach space i only have this mental caloric you know load um i wouldn't i'm not using it on that you know i'm just not i'm not using my time my space or my calories on something that i don't love so evaluate upcoming events and rate them according to their specialness and vacations weekends away one day events etc so this is what we do uh, these are not necessarily dealing with holidays but more dealing with vacations and getaways and things so uh, on vacations we average 16 8 and um, so I'm talking about like five-day vacations or more so we're averaging 16 8 going into it you know with 
you know, some really great fasting. And I talked about this in earlier episodes, going into it with some really great fasting and, um, and uh, coming out of it at the end with good fasting on my way home. There's, I'm done eating. You know, I've had enough. Research actually bears this out that when you have a special occasion and you eat a lot, it's much simpler. It's much easier, uh, less difficult, and you're more likely to eat less on the couple days afterwards. So I have, when I learned of this research, it was like, yeah, that's why it's not really that hard to, to like say, I'm done, vacation, I'm done. And on the way home to just be, you know, I'm going to fast for a long time. I'm going to eat simply or whatever, because we're ready to move out of that over overeating. It's an ancestral thing about um, hunter gatherers and so on that I've been learning about. It's really interesting. And so because of that, I always like start my good fasting on my last day of my vacation when I'm coming home so I can start start really uh, doing great. And it's not difficult because we just, our glycogen stores are full, right? Our glucose is full. And we've also had that satisfaction, you know, that we, that from, and the, which is more brain related, but we've also had that satisfaction from those foods. Weekends away, um, we do 17-7 or 18-6 and we do two mad. And we change completely how we do weekends away in that we don't take a bunch of food with us. We might take some fruit um, and pretzels on the way there if we just really want to have a snack, a kind of a festive type of thing. That's more of a mental thing of snacking while you're driving. Sometimes we don't have anything, but if we do have something, it's not heavy like it used to be. It's not a bunch of candy and cupcakes and donuts and things like that uh, for sure. And then we don't have food in our room. Uh, to snack on because we're going to have our two good meals um, when we during the day our two mat uh, uh, special days um, sixteen eight will usually solve any special days like Christmas Day Thanksgiving birthdays like I mentioned uh, my daughter's uh, baby shower my daughter in law's baby shower and another thing that evening two specials in one day right <sighs> having seven grown kids results in a lot of specials <laughs> and um, then. We also have to, so, so we don't, I mean, I won't, I have never gone off on a holiday. I just alter, I just do 16, eight. I'm ready to stop at the eight hour mark for sure. So I just make it 16, eight. I'm not going to lose weight on 16, eight at a party. You know, I'm just not, but at the same time, I'm bringing in a boundary and we all need help bringing in our boundaries. Okay. And then, um, I'm going to talk about, I got too much material again. Uh, um, a recurring day is not special. So I talked about this in how to navigate weekends in a slideshow um, at DonnaReach.com. And that is that a recurring day is not special. So just because it's a Friday, just because it's a Saturday, just because it's a Sunday. As a matter of fact, there are sometimes we'll fast longer on weekends just because it works out that we're going out that night or the kids are coming that night on Saturday night. So we're just working and fasting during the day. And then we fast longer than um, we do. Maybe we only eat for two hours that day. So um, a recurring day is not a special occasion. All right. I talked about this already, but I'm going to talk about it again. And that is not to look for ways to go off and on. Um, staying on will mean that you don't have to work to get back to fat burning as hard. So anytime we have special special foods or we eat something that we don't typically eat, you know, like Christmas cookies, um, you know, cupcakes out of shower, or we had a Sunday bar that was really festive. Um, but anytime that we eat a lot of sugar or we eat a lot of carbs that are not our typical, you know, I'm not, not demonizing carbs, but um, we will fill up our glycogen stores. Or anytime we eat more food in general, we eat way more than we did. So even if we're on, you know, like low carb, but we eat more because it's a special occasion, we're still going to be filling up those glycogen stores in the muscles and the liver. And um, one way, of course, that we can counteract that is to get up the next morning right away and do HIIT um, or do strength training or something like that to help move that glycogen out of those muscles. Um, but... Uh, when we stay on, even if we alter it to 16.8, we are still not filling those stores as full as we would if we just completely went off. It's Christmas week, 
I'm going off for the week kind of thing. I started partying with the 21st. My last party ends the 29th. For eight days, I am going off. Doing that is going to fill the, for me, that's my, that's like my holiday schedule right there. If I did that, my glycogen stores, for one thing, I would probably feel really badly because I'm not used to feeling that way. I'm not used to that level of eating and that um, much time of consuming food and having my sugar high all the time and stuff like that. I'm just, I'm just not used to that. So I probably feel really, feel really badly. But in addition to that, eight days of that would probably be almost the same as starting over with fasting. And that's why I like to do 16, eight, even on vacation, because I'm just having another boundary. I'm just having another um, benchmark to keep myself from having so much food, right? You can count calories, you can count carbs, you can count macros, you know, you can do all kinds of things to help you during the holiday season. And I say anything that helps you during the holiday season, do that. You know, it's not like because we're doing intermittent fasting, we can't do something else that might help us during this time. Um, Especially because as we eat those processed foods, as we eat that sugar, um, we start to get these dopamine spikes that cause us to keep on wanting to do that same thing over and over and over again. So another boundary would be great. It would be helpful. It would not be something that you don't want to do. But if you completely go off, the problem with that is that if you do that for eight or nine or 10 days, at the end of that, you're going to feel, you're going to feel crummy during it, I think, personally, if you've been fasting for a while. And the second problem is when you go off of it, it's going to be like starting over. So the, I don't think it would take you know two to four weeks to get into fat burning again, but you're not going to feel very great those first few days back. Um, so... Uh, just keep that in mind because you don't really want to, most of us don't want to go back and start over again. We already did that. All right. Um, It'll be simpler to jump right into fat burning. I mentioned that already. So look for ways to stay on and not go off. Okay. Lifestyle mentality, not diet mentality. And look for ways to guard your fasting time. I think that with, with intermittent fasting, because we have so many things working for us, Right, we have our blood sugar balanced. We have our insulin low. We have we we're training ghrelin so that we don't get hungry as easily, right? And um, we can also do some of the things in the calories in, calories out game to help train ghrelin even further. Uh, so we're doing those things for ghrelin. We are able to hear leptin signals better. You hear leptin signals. I talked leptin was episode. 34. So it's just last time. So, but we hear leptin signals better as we fast longer. We hear the signals better. We might have already been releasing the same amount because we were heavy, but we weren't able to hear the leptin signals. And now we're hearing leptin signals better, uh, both because we're decreasing in size and because we're eating less. And for many of us, we're making better food choices. And so because of all of that, we're hearing leptin better. So because of all of those things, fasting becomes a treat, a gift that we give to ourselves as opposed to a, um, a drudgery or a diet. So normally we feel that way on diets because we don't have all of these things in our working in our favor. And now that we have all these things working in our favor, fasting becomes a treat, a luxury, uh, not a luxury because we need to do it all the time, but a treat, a gift to ourselves. And so because of that, we should desire to guard our fasting times more. So again, the lifestyle mentality is staying on and tweaking. The diet mentality is going off and on and off and on. And, um, so when we are looking for ways to guard our fasting times, we are looking at it as something that we do for our body, something we do for our health, something we do for our mental well-being, something we do for the aging process, something we do for um, uh, autophagy, something we do for strength and vitality. It's not something that we have to do. It's something that we do for ourselves because we love our bodies and we want to age well, 
We want to feel great and so forth. So with that, don't look for ways to go off and on. Now, preparing for specials and making little tweaks. Um, there's a difference between preparing, like my husband's like, okay, these things are coming up. I'm just doing veggies for a couple of days. Um, or in my case, I'm looking at, okay, these things are coming up. I'm going to have short eating windows. Uh, or, you know, I'm not going to have flour and sugar combinations all week long um, because I know that they cause me to want to eat more of those. And I know they're super calorie dense. Like some of the most calorie dense things you can eat are when you bring flour, sugar, and fat all together. Those are truly some of the most calorie dense foods that you can eat. And even though they're super, super calorie dense, we don't always hear the full signal because of um, the combinations of those three things are very um, deceiving to leptin. So I know that those three things are not things that I'm going to have all week long because I'm going to have them Saturday. Also, the benefit of that, I'm going to have a Saturday because Saturday is a special event this week, not because it's just Saturday. I almost got stuck in my own little trap there. Um, so also, the, I also know from my research in how the brain is working with our eating that the longer I go without that triple threat <laughs> of the flour, sugar, and fat. So the longer I go, so I might have candy or I might have bread with butter, but I try to avoid that triple threat because I know what it does to me personally. And maybe you have something that is that way as well, that you know what this will do to you. And so I, from my brain studies now lately, not my brain scans, but what I'm studying about the brain and eating is that I know that the longer I go without that triple combo and the more time that I have between each time, that's another thing that I'm, that I'm, that's another reason why I was looking ahead at my specials and, and realizing I've got to, even though there are 10 specials out of the next 24, um, I have days, I have to limit that triple threat even with those, because I know the longer I go uh, between that flour, sugar, fat combination, the less I will crave it because my brain will not have this dopamine spike from doing it so much and then being, ooh, I want that reward. I want that reward. I want that reward. So just a little hint for you uh, to make little tweaks, right, in your eating so that you fast well, you fast long, you eat short, and special foods do not overcome and overtake your December. All right, so plan for that special day earlier in the week. I gave you some tips on how we've done that, but look ahead at your schedule, see what your altered schedule would be like, and see if you want to keep your average up for the week and have longer fasts earlier. Now, this is what I told you that I did last week to prepare for two special things on Saturday and Sunday of last weekend. Um, but, and I didn't gain any weight. I didn't lose any weight last week, but I didn't gain any weight. And um, I did try on those pants that I was talking about earlier and uh, definitely fitting better. Um, it's, uh, it would be hard to breathe the whole day and breathing can be important but they're getting closer um so that and of course i have my other fitness goal in uh in place too for december so um when i say that i'm doing that we're doing these things that husband's you know my husband is going uh you know we got too many special things i'm gonna eat vegetables for three days or whatever um they're not they're not the same as punishing ourselves because we're going to go off I think it's different when you do things out when you do things reaction in a reactionary way. So like, um, oh man, I did so terrible. Now I'm going to starve myself. I'm going to have 500 calories for the next few days. That is a reactionary uh, way of doing something, and that is and and you won't be able to sustain it, it usually. I mean, it usually just doesn't work that way. Whereas preparing for something in anticipation is a control thing. So control, self-control versus reaction, I think is the real difference because um, I, I hesitate to say, we'll do these tweaks before and do these tweaks after if that leaves a, somebody, a listener thinking, oh, I did that before 
I just, I just, after Christmas, I just starved myself between uh, the 26th and the 30, 31st. I, I can do that again. Not reaction, but control. So rather than looking at it in a reactionary, now I have to do this punishment kind of way, look at it in a, I am controlled. I am self-controlled from all of these things that fasting helps me with. So this is what I'm going to do to prepare. So control instead of reaction. Uh, move your window around a little in the beginning of the week so that you can have a later window late, uh, later in the week or whatever is needed in order to accommodate that special occasion. Uh, when you are doing these special tweaks and things, watch out for too mad too often, two meals a day if you're usually doing OMAD because um, these will definitely slow down your weight loss. You stop and think just in terms of what your body needs to lose weight. It needs to be kind of where you're, you kind of, you pretty much need to be in your total, you know, consumption. You need to be at the point that you are going to be calorie wise, fitness wise, exercise wise, all those kind of things where you're going to be at your goal weight. So whatever it takes to get to your goal or what it takes to maintain your goal is kind of what you should be heading towards right now. And that's why you hear people who say they don't believe in calories, but they take nuts out of their diet because they're too calorie heavy. Um, so they do believe in calories. Um, or they say, um, I don't believe in calories. I believe it's all completely, you know, carbohydrate driven. And then they say, but for my last 20 pounds, I didn't eat processed foods or I didn't eat junk food or I didn't eat sugar or whatever it might be. They are saying that they found a way to reduce their calories to get to their goal weight. So um, when we do too mad and we're used to doing OMAD, we have two complete meals during our eating window, right? When we do OMAD, most of us have a snack and then a couple of hours later, have our meal. And so let's just use the um, 1600 calorie model, for example. A lot of women at their goal weight need about 1600 calories. If you work out uh, really, really regularly, if you boost your metabolism with protein, if you boost your metabolism with muscle, um, if you boost your metabolism with metabolism burners or thermic kind of boosters, uh, if you boost your metabolism by eating lower carb, there are ways you know that you can definitely boost your metabolism, things that will definitely help with that. But let's say that it's the 1600 calorie model. And so you have a snack at 400 calories, and then you have your meal at 800, and then your dessert at 400. I think that equals 1600. And so you don't do that. We don't have to do that with intermittent fasting, but you do that kind of subconsciously by following the OMAD right? By following OMAD, you're doing a snack, usually a meal, and then dessert if you want it after that. Well, the, the problem then is when you go to too mad, you're probably having, and if, especially if it's surrounded with treats and things, like you might have 15, 12 to 1500 calories in your first meal, 12 to 1500 calories in your second meal, because those special occasions, and maybe you're having desserts both times, and maybe you're having, you know, calorie dense party types of foods, or you're out at a restaurant, you're having a dinner roll and so forth. And, and so you just had so many calories. So you have to be careful. That's only with special occasions. People do too mad where they have 800 or so calories for their first meal, 800 calories or so for their second meal. And they do really well with that. Uh, again, not counting, but just mentally having a lot of real foods and eating a lot of veggies, which automatically will take, will take your total uh, caloric per volume, um, calories per volume down uh, in the amount of food that you eat. But be careful of too many TUMADs if you're used to doing OMAD because you can really, really consume a lot of calories in TUMAD, just generally speaking. All right. Um, so, uh, again, you can mimic fasting by doing keto. Uh, if you want to do that for a couple of days before, that's like 80 to 85% fat, uh, 10 to 15% protein, 5 to 10% carbohydrates. You would have to pretty much revamp your entire kitchen to do that, uh, but you can do that. And that is that will mimic fasting. You can do that for a couple of days before. You can count calories on your specials 
and say, you know, I'm not getting above 2000 calories, no matter what, this is what I'm going to do for my specials. Um, and also be aware that averaging fasting hours will not always get the same results as fasting 18 to 20 hours a day. I'm going to talk about that in a fast shot coming up. But like for me, I averaged 19 hours last week, but I didn't lose any weight because I had too many special occasions with special foods. I had another day where I ate out twice. I forgot about that, a shopping day with my friends. So I had two pretty big special occasions in a row. And that will just yield you not losing weight probably unless you are really, really um, only, only eating real foods or counting calories or counting carbs or counting fat grams or, or some such other method. Okay. So um, that will not necessarily yield the same amount as doing 18 to 20 hours every single day. An average will kind of, an average just gives you more opportunity for more foods, which gives you more opportunity for more calories. So, okay. So make your plan and stick with it. And no guilt for a planned occasion. And I think that, you know, you know that it's coming up, so you're planning for it. You're doing the hard work to get ready for any specials. And afterwards, you're not punishing yourself, but you're moving right back into where you were. Because we know that with fasting, we have the balanced hormones and all of those things going in our favor. So we know we can do it. And it's not hard to go back to. Uh, you are still in control of your eating. Go into special occasions strong, um, like trips and holidays. And again, don't throw in the towel just because a special occasion is coming. As a matter of fact, just the opposite. Go into it strong. I can't tell you how great it feels to go into a planned special occasion with the upper hand. Going into a vacation. Like the, la the last two times I've gone on vacation, I fasted all day at the airport, all day traveling. And when I got to my meal, it was so rewarding because I overcame a lot of obstacles to get there. And it was just, it just started me out on such a strong note. All right. During the occasion. Okay. Um, what for me for vacation, another thing that I would do is I would substitute non-food things and activities. So, um, you know, uh, when everybody was going to breakfast, I would get in the whirlpool. Um, I watched a Hulu show, which is very, I never watched anything during the day or in the evenings until nine or 10 o'clock at night. I'm very, um, see, I always had self-discipline in a lot of areas, but not with food and fitness. And, you know, I got all that self-discipline from the 32 years of homeschooling that I mentioned earlier. But, but when everything's working against you in food, weight loss, weight management, exercise, and all that. It's like no amount of superhuman power can overcome that. Even if, you know, you're really, really strong and diligent and strict in many areas of your life. That always really eluded me. I didn't get that um, because of the skills that I developed and how hard I worked to be a disciplined person uh, with my parenting, with my homeschooling, and with my book writing, and so forth. I never understood that. But now that I understand about hormones and the brain, it's like, wow, no wonder. I mean, everything was working against me. I didn't stand a chance. You know, I mean, you can at least overcome things in other areas of your life through consistency and things, but not, not in something that is like, doing trying to your body is trying to your body and your brain are trying to make you do the exact opposite of what you're trying to do and food is the most controlling substance on earth so anyway what was i talking about there so substitute non-food things and activities and so that was just a really cool way that i could substitute something for an eating episode that i wanted to opt out of eat food that is worth it to you again be picky Use self-talk. Uh, these are my two favorites, and actually, I still use these every single week. Every single week. And now that I've added such a rigorous, for me anyway, it's not rigorous for some people. I know some people who do like cycling, and they do like uh, bar dump barbells and all this kind of stuff. My little wimpy fitness routine might not seem so hard, but to me, it's rigorous. <laughs> and now that I'm on this rigorous fitness routine, I use self-talk every day for that. 
and these are my two favorites. How will I feel when blank? And if I just go to bed, if I just go to bed, and there are times that, you know, I don't usually go to bed until, you know, between nine and 10. And then I get my seven and a half hours sleep. You can learn about that in the calories and calories out game, the free video series that I just created. Um, and there are times that I'll just be like, I want to eat. I, I ended my early my window early, four o'clock for something that was coming the next day. So it's eight o'clock. Starting to want to eat again. Don't usually eat at eight o'clock. Never, never eat at eight o'clock actually. Um, PM. And I'll just tell my husband, I'm going back to do research. I'm going back to read um, my uh, fasting, health, nutrition, uh, whatever kind of book. Uh, you know, and when you come back, I'll stop working. Um, and I just do. I just take my supplements, change, you know, do my whole nightly time routine, get in bed and just research and study. Um, usually reads, just study a book, just read a book. Um, because if I just go to bed now, <laughs> right, very, very helpful. Okay, after the occasion, I talked about this briefly, but get right back to it. You'll likely be full. Again, the research is in your favor that after the occasion, you don't want to eat as much. Our research shows that people eat significantly less after special occasions. So um, let's do take advantage of that. Um, even tell yourself, research shows that I won't eat as much in the next couple of days, so I can go right back on it. Yeah, Psych yourself out with research, right? Um, and you will likely be able to, you want to get back into ketosis as quickly as you can, back into fat burning as quickly as you can. So you can do it one of three ways. I teach about this in... I don't know which one. I think it's one about macros, counting macros. Um, so anyway, you can get back into it. Uh, I think it's like episode 26 or something. You can get to it to exercise ketosis. So get up the next morning and go to that weight training, go to that strength training class, so forth. Do HIT training. Um, fasting, get you into it. And then the keto diet will also get you into it. And actually, right after an occasion is a good time to do like a keto diet for four or five days because you just had all of the specials. So you're I can do this, right? That's a really good time to do that. It's also a good time to do it beforehand. Um, but I always caution people who, when they're considering adding keto in um, the mix, to be sure that you can really, really do it. Because when you kind of keto, that can result, can really backfire on you. So um, I'm not talking about. I'm talking about true keto diet. I'm not talking about just lowering your carbs. You can kind of lower your carbs and get really get good help, especially with um, cravings and binging, things like that. You can go down to 50, 60, 80, even 100 carbs and really help yourself in a lot of ways just because you're eating, in part because you're eating more real foods at that point. Um, lots, of, lots of things coming into play. But I'm talking about kind of keto. I'm talking about where you're like 85% fat, and you're just eating, you know, nuts and uh, fatty meats and um, spoonfuls of nut butter and fat bombs, uh, cream cheese and things like that, um, avocados. Um, so you're eating all of these really fatty, fatty foods. And you've eaten 85% of your day that day was fat then you can't take it anymore. So you eat a typical meal. You've had way more calories than you need for the day. And that's actually another fast shop that's coming up. It's called um, uh, When Healthy Fats Aren't So Healthy. So you can watch for that. And I have this whole, you know, um, editing, editorial content schedule thing in my in my notes. I have so much good stuff. I'm learning so much. It's so helpful and so eye-opening to me. So anyway, don't kind of keto. That can really, really set you back. But you can do keto before or keto after if you really, really can stick with it. Um, but even just lowering your carbs, lowering your calories, lowering all your macros, just you know, bringing all those boundaries in will help you before and after. And again, we have all this going for us, all this help, and you have a special occasion coming up or you just came off the special occasion. You have a lot of things in your favor to alter your eating. 
um, if you need to do that for your special occasions. Um, plan, make a plan and do it and make it a lifestyle approach, not a punishment. Exercise before, during, and after the occasion. I'm so bummed that the Y isn't open on holidays. <laughs> I like to run down and get my workout in. All right, build consistency. What can you do forever? What can you do forever? We have to remember that whatever we are doing to get to our goal weight is what we will need to do to keep it. So maybe your goal is not to necessarily lose weight during December, but you definitely don't want to gain, right? And maybe you do want to lose, um, and you can you can keep up with your fitness regime, you know, really strongly. Enjoy a lot of special occasions. Maybe not lose a lot of pounds, but still lose inches, and uh, that will be in your favor too. But plan for your special occasions. Work around them. Fast around them. Don't let them completely derail you. Don't let them take over you. You control them, not vice versa. Also, be sure that you um, fast around them and that one day off or one altered schedule does not lead to many, many, many altered schedules um, and many days off. Uh, don't throw in the towel just because you're eating cookies, you know, and pie at Christmas. Just stay strong. Use the tools that I've given here today and any other great tools that you have in your tool belt to really, really come out of December successful. Uh, not starting over on January 1st, Not 92% uh, of um, uh, New Year's resolutions are broken by January 20th. And we, we know that in our own lives. So we don't want to get back to that. We don't want to be that 92% that can't make it to January 20th. We don't want to go off and on. We want to make this our lifestyle. We want to change our lives, change our health, change our weight, change our size, change our cravings, change our appetites, um, change who we, who we are to become a self-controlled, disciplined person um, as a result of all the amazing benefits from intermittent fasting. Thank you for joining me. This was another long broadcast. I just, I, I should know when my outlines get up to a thousand words that my broadcast is going to be too long. So I need to have some kind of cutoff uh, marker, you know, that once it gets to 600, I'll divide it into two or something like that. So I'll be working on that. New Year's resolution. I can keep it till January 20th. All right. So um, I'm going to switch gears here and talk about supplementation. So now it's time for our commercial, and I do it at the end so that people who are not interested in uh, healthy plant-based supplementation, uh, you know, you don't have to wade through a bunch of commercials before, during, and so forth. You can hop off now, or you can stay on. So I am going to talk today about um, Plexus um, Vital Biome, and um, I forgot my bottle, so I'll be right back. I'm back. I usually don't care about the bottle, um, but this bottle is special, so I want to tell you about it. Um, so you can see it's a short little chubby bottle here with a wide cap and a wide um, opening. All right. So first of all, Vital Biome, in general, it is a probiotic supplement, and it contains eight clinically studied probiotic strains, and it helps improve mood and health. And it reduces feelings of stress and anxiety. Now, we just came out with this product a year and a half ago. And I was like, you know, I'm doing so well on my triplex and my accelerator and uh, my multivitamin and my um, uh, ease that I don't really need anything else for mood or anything. And I was like, you know, that really, that, that combination really Plexus Slim and Accelerator, that combination of those two things. Well, also just the whole triplex because of the gut health and all that. It really helped me a lot with not having bad days very much anymore. You know what I mean by bad days? So not having bad days. And so um, I don't really, didn't really need to, um, didn't feel like I needed another product. So, um, but I heard some statistics uh, that, 
the, first of all, it's clinically studied product. It's called Vital Biome. And uh, they had clinical studies that proved that there was between a 25 and 37% decrease in clinical studies in anger, moodiness, and stress and anxiety. So those four, those four areas. And I was like, wow, I mean, you know, clinically proven to reduce that by 25 to 37%. And then people started putting out testimonials about anger being, you know, gone. And I was like, really, really, really interested in it. So I started uh, taking this and um, it really does what it says it does. I mean, my anxiety, I just, I hardly have any anxiety anymore. And I had already decreased my anxiety greatly through Plexus Slim, the pink drink. I mean, it just really, the, the triplex made me go from a freak out flyer to a calm flyer. I mean, freaking out to the point that I had to have medicine uh, from the doctor, I had to have pretty strong prescription in order to fly. I could not get on an airplane without taking really, really strong medication. As a matter of fact, a little tidbit here. The last time I flew before I was on my slim, before I was on triplex, the last time I flew, um, I was taking this really strong, um, I don't know what it was, the anti-anxiety thing just for flying. I just took it that day. And um, I was so out of it that I went into the men's bathroom at the airport, used the bathroom, came back out and told my family that there was a man in the woman's bathroom. And he was over across a few seats down talking to his wife and pointing to me because I had been in the men's bathroom. And I told my family he had been in the women's bathroom. Crazy. Anyway, no more anti-anxiety meds for flying. That was already prior to Vital Biome. So I was like, you know, I don't really think I need any, any other things. So when Vital Biome came out, people started talking about the anxiety uh, relief that they were getting, the stress relief, the uh, mood help that they were getting. I jumped on them. And this, these are some of the reasons. Uh, first of all, it uh, promotes gut-friendly micro microbes. So the little microbes that are in your gut, it, pr it promotes those um, to grow. And we have our ProBio 5, which has five strains and focuses on gut health, um, which is really good for yeast and you know, sugar overload and all those kind of things because it, it decreases the bad bacteria and increases the good. It has three things in it, the digestive enzymes, the... Um, uh, um, the, the one that breaks down the bad bacteria and then also it has the good bacteria. So that, so that was another reason why I was like, do we need a different probiotic? But this one is really focused on serotonin levels. And so this is more the, the, the um, strains that are in this are more focusing on um, that type of thing. So 70% uh, of your immune cells live in your gut. 90% of your body's serotonin um, is produced in your gut. And the gut microbes secrete neurotransmitters like GABA and dopamine. And um, certain gut microbes have the ability to actually reduce stress and anxiety. And that's where Vital Biome comes in. So eight clinically studied probiotic strains with over 279 scientific studies about those specific strains um, that support uh, its use in improving health and mood. 20 billion live probiotics. That's CFUs, colony forming units. And um, it does not need to be refrigerated. And that's one reason why I wanted to show you the bottle. First of all, the encapsulation is the same as our ProBio 5. So the capsules themselves um, are protective so that it A, does not need refrigeration, and B, it stays uh, uh, all the way live until it hits the gut. So most probiotics, you start to lose the efficacy, the CFUs, you start to lose it as soon as it hits your tongue, as soon as it hits your saliva. And then it goes on down through and you lose, you know, you lose that. And that's why they have to have so many CFUs, you know, these billions and billions and billions. Well, that's why, because by the time it hits the gut, it's greatly reduced. Um, ProBio 5 as well as Vital Biome is not that way. It is um, actually... Uh, protective encapsulation that keeps it 
does not start to open up until it hits the gut. And this is clinically proven to actually not start until 45 minutes after it hits the gut. And most of them start way, way, way earlier than that. Um, and then um, it also has a special bottle. And this is why, like, um, we don't, like, mix it with other things when we take a trip or something like that, put it in a little pill decanter, because it this bottle keeps them fresh for the whole month. So it'll keep it at its full CFUs um, without refrigeration by being in here. So uh, gluten-free, non-GMO, delayed-release capsules, 100% vegetarian, uh, improved mood and stress within 30 days. And Plexus also has a 60-day money-back guarantee. So if you tried this for two months and it didn't do anything, you would literally get both months' worth of your money back on both bottles. It's very, very, very good um, money-back guarantee. So you'll know it in 30 days, but you can definitely do it for 60 and still get your money back. Um, and it has, again, de decreased levels of anger, moodiness, and stress between 25 and 37%. I highly recommend it. I love it. I don't go a day without it. Um, I take it on an empty stomach before I go to work out, and I am good to go that whole day and that whole month. So anyway, thanks a lot for joining me. Uh, contact me if I can help you with intermittent fasting or with healthy supplementation. See ya.